0: This is Tailgate Till May, part of the Belief Podcast Network. If you love college sports and you like to have a little action on the games, then this is the place for you because I'm your host, Stephen Gorgie, and I love both of those things too. You can find me on social media, X, formerly known as Twitter, Instagram, TikTok, all at the same handle, at Gorg on Sports. Hit me up there. And I want you to be a part of the show, and the best way to do it is to hit me up on social media. All right, I'm back. It's another Monday episode, so it's going to be a bit more of a big, Picture episode rather than going in detail of the games of the weekend. And I want to talk about a few big picture topics today. Uh, but before I do that, I do want to give a quick update on how week 11 went for me from a gambling perspective. And it was another Really good week. Uh, really buoyed by hitting the money line parlay of the week, which was Texas Tech, Missouri, and UCF, an 11 to 1 money line parlay that hit. On the week, I was up just over seven units. On my week zero through 11 bets, I'm up just over 21 units. Uh, so having A really good season right now, uh, buoyed by that money line parlay there. And then starting to get a lot of futures coming in. So we did a ton of futures before the season. Down just almost a unit um, on future bets, but have some really big ones out there. Some high odds. Heisman ones, uh, most notably Bo Nix, who's now the favorite to win the Heisman if you a lot of the places you look I think on FanDuel he's minus 110 I also have a Michael Penix one and he's uh right right there below him the the guy that would blow things up for me majorly would be Jaden Daniels winning the Heisman and he has looked really really good recently an unbelievable week for him and he, he's right in there in the competition but the the Bo Nicks 30 to 1 bet that i made right after the washington game is the one that i would really like to hit so looking to finish out the season strong and just keep that chart going up into the right but let's get into some big picture things here Uh, the first big picture thing i want to get into is a thought from the weekend from the actual games themselves this weekend and going into week 11 I was starting to feel like Michigan and Georgia and a few other teams, but really Michigan and Georgia were starting to separate themselves as the top two. I think there's a few other teams that are right there in contention, but Michigan and Georgia have started to separate themselves as the top two teams in the country. And I bet on both of those teams this past weekend, they both won, they both covered. And I feel even more so coming out of that weekend, like those are the clear cut top two teams in the country. What Michigan did to Penn State was just a destruction. And the fact that they did not have to throw a pass in the second half of that game speaks to just how fast physical michigan is and how much they can out physical a team like penn state just embarrass a team like penn state uh it was an impressive performance by michigan it was maybe not the highlight real performance that some wanted to see from J.J. McCarthy, but he didn't have to do that. They were able to rush for 227 yards on the ground. Uh, Blake Corum led the way for them, and they were able to just run it down Penn State's throat. And on the defensive side of the ball, Penn State never looked like they were a threat to Michigan in any way, shape, or form. So I continue to be very encouraged by Michigan. And then from a Georgia perspective, Georgia gets Brock Bowers back, and they dominate Ole Miss. And Ole Miss is a team that, you know, they came into the game 8-1, and one. they came into the game as a top 10 team. But I think people who are really paying attention would tell you they never really feel felt like a top 10 team. They never really felt like a top 10 team to me. Georgia wins that game 52 to 17. And really, even though Ole Miss got up early 7-0, it was never a game where I really felt like the result was in question, much like the Michigan-Penn State game. uh, There was never a moment in that game where I really thought that Penn State might win. There was never a moment in this game where I felt felt like Ole Miss might win. And uh, Georgia... Gains over 600 yards in this game. Nearly doubles up all Miss. And when you look at Georgia, I think that offense is we have to start saying this is a legitimately good offense. I feel like this has happened each of the past couple years with Georgia, where we look at their offense and we look at Georgia and we're like defense, defense, defense. And then you kind of look around and realize, Oh, that offense is pretty good too, actually. And Carson Beck, I think is now starting to really be a quarterback who's not just a long for the ride, but he's a guy who's legitimately a part of the reason why they are winning some of these games, 72% completion percentage on the year, 18 touchdowns to five interceptions. And, uh, he is, is been good for them downright good for them at the quarterback spot. And now that they have Brock Bowers back, uh, that's a huge boon. They have Lad McConkey, who, you know, he, he hasn't been hurt in a while, but he started the year hurt. He's rounding into form. They have weapons and they are looking really good and they seem to have this ability to just turn things up when they need to turn things up. And I'm very interested and very excited for that SEC championship game against Alabama because this will be the fourth time that Alabama and Georgia have met in the SEC championship game in the last six seasons. And although Georgia's won a couple national titles during that time, including one over Alabama, they haven't beaten Alabama in an SEC championship game yet. So this will be something, uh, an opportunity for Kirby Smart to check just one more thing off that Uh, checkbox. You would think, you know, given all the success that they've had, that they would have gotten that done because you remember that national championship game, but that was the rematch in 2021 after Alabama surprised them and beat them in Atlanta in the SEC championship game. Last year, Georgia beat LSU. So this is a, it's still something for, I wouldn't call it a hump. I, I wouldn't call it, you know, it's just a box to check. It's a box to check for Georgia Bulldog fans who have gotten everything they could possibly want in the past couple years. If the, if the baton hasn't been passed from Alabama to Georgia already, and I don't know how you could say it hasn't, this would be the final passing of the baton from dynasty to dynasty. If Georgia can beat Alabama in the SEC championship game, give them their first uh sec title win over alabama in this era here in this kirby smart nick saban era and then go on to win back to back to back national titles which is something that uh, alabama nick saban hasn't done either that would be the the final passing of the baton i believe the baton has already been passed but this would just be the the absolute no doubt about it final passing here so i am Looking forward to that game immensely because Alabama is really rounding into form. So I think Georgia and Michigan have really separated themselves as the top two in the country. And then there is this group right below Michigan and Georgia that I think includes Ohio State. I think it includes Florida State. I think it includes Oregon, and I think it includes Alabama you then have another group that I think is right below that that includes Texas and Washington. And in that second group, those are teams that seem like they are just a step below. They just need like one thing here or there to go right to, to be right on that Georgia and Michigan tier, but it hasn't all necessarily all gone right to this point. I think they have more question marks than Michigan and Georgia do. And then in that third tier with uh, Texas and Washington, I think those teams are teams that have very elite aspects to them. Texas, that defensive line for Texas is unreal. That offense, that receiving core for Washington is unreal unbelievable michael penix is a great quarterback but for texas for three quarters the past couple weeks they have looked like a national championship caliber team and then they have let teams back into the game when they've started throwing the ball a lot so i'm a little concerned about that texas secondary I i think if they find a way to get it together if they find a way to start finishing games and really putting teams away then i would bump them up but for now I think they are a very, very good team. I think if they can finish this regular season 11 and 1, that would be super impressive from Steve Sarkeesian and the Texas Longhorns. But at this point, despite thinking they had the ingredients and I still think they have the ingredients. I thought so earlier in the year. That's why I put a national championship bet down on them. Uh, I I'm worried about that secondary and I'm worried about how they continuously let teams back into games. And that's going to be something to watch the down the stretch here from a Washington perspective. Another team that I've loved all year long. Look, the offense is great that defense has just not been good enough. And they did make some adjustments and they did shut down Utah in the second half of that game. But Utah went wild on them in the first half. And we haven't seen that Utah offense go wild on anybody. So that is why I kind of put Texas and Washington in the third tier there behind Ohio State, Oregon, and Alabama. And the beauty of this is that we are going to get to see a lot of these teams play each other. We're going to see Michigan, Ohio State. We're going to see Georgia, Alabama. We're likely going to see Oregon and Washington. Uh, We are going to see a lot of this play out over the next three weeks. So what does this all mean from a gambling perspective? How can we use this information and try to make a little bit of money off of it? What am I going to be doing to try to make money on this This hearing that I've just done where I said Michigan and Georgia are the clear top two. then there's a group of a couple teams behind them then there's a third tier behind them. Well, the one thing that I have already done is I'm looking at some of these look ahead lines here and the one that caught my eye is Michigan Ohio State in the big house and I was able to grab this one. Uh, I think you you can assume I'm going Michigan in this one, and I was able to grab Michigan minus five and a half against Ohio State on FanDuel. Uh, Michigan is the home team in this game. Or yeah, Michigan is the home team in this game, and I think Michigan is a clear tier ahead of Ohio State. If you look at SP+, Plus Bill Connolly's advanced analytics from on ESPN.com, he would have that as like a touchdown um, a touchdown Michigan is a touchdown favorite at home in that game it would be about four and a half points on a on a neutral field and I think that's about right I would make that a little higher I think I would have made it about Michigan minus seven and a half at home I just think Ohio State is not going to be able to do Ohio State is to me w- the way the way they've changed this year, where their offense is not quite as explosive and they're a defensive-oriented team, to me, they seem like a a version of Michigan that is just not quite as good as Michigan. And I don't think they can run the ball the way Michigan has. Now, they obviously have Marvin Harrison, and that is something that they can try to rely on in that game. But I don't think they can out-Michigan Michigan. And as good as Ohio State's defense has been, I trust Michigan's ball- uh, Michigan's offense to run the ball and control that game. I really like Michigan at anything under a touchdown here. So I snapped up Michigan minus five and a half. From a national championship perspective, there's not a ton of good value out there. If you like Georgia, if you like Michigan, those are the two favorites. Uh, On DraftKings, Michigan's plus 210, Georgia's plus 240. On FanDuel, I think it's about the same. Michigan plus 220, Georgia plus 250. But if you are somebody, and I think a lot of people, myself included, are... I think that Oregon is right there behind these teams. Oregon has the quarterback. Their defense has looked good. They've only gotten better and better since that Washington game. They seem to have that killer instinct. They seem like they can play a variety of styles, whether it's the shootout, a shootout type game against USC or a physical game with Utah. They seem like they have a lot of those ingredients. Oregon at nine to one to win the national championship, I think is worth a look it's tough it's a tough pill to swallow because i talked about this right after the washington game and you could have gotten it at 33 to 1 and that is a really tough pill to swallow there but i think for oregon to be behind alabama to be behind ohio state i don't know about that i would on a a neutral field i would make oregon a favorite over alabama i would make oregon A favorite over Ohio State on a neutral field. I think uh, I I would make them a favorite over Florida State on a neutral field. So if I was power rating this thing, I actually rate Oregon as the third best team in the country. And for them to have the, I don't know, sixth or so best odds, it makes sense to some extent because they already have the one loss, but they're going to have that game against Washington most likely in the Pac-12 championship game. And I don't see any way, if they win that game, they get left out of a college 12 playoff. I think they would be in over a one-loss Texas team because they're already ahead of Texas in the CFP rankings, and there's not a game on Texas's schedule that can compare to the Washington game. So I think Oregon is in great shape and I am gonna go ahead and I'm gonna put a half unit down on Oregon to win the national championship at nine to one. Now, I I have a lot of national title bets out there now. I have Michigan, I have Texas, and now I'm going to have Oregon. I'm kind of just circling the drain around Georgia. And it's a a little bit of a dangerous spot to be in because I do think Georgia is one of the two best teams in the country. I just don't see a lot of value out there on Georgia right now. Now is not the time that I really want to be going in on Georgia. Uh, But what I am going to look at is Georgia in the SEC championship game. That's minus four and a half right now. I'm not sure that I want to do that quite yet. Got to look at it a little bit more, but I'm going to be looking for ways to invest with Georgia, even if it's not necessarily on their national championship odds. The other big picture topic that I got to get to today is all the coaching activity, all the coaching moves going on, headlined by the big one, Jimbo Fisher being fired by Texas A&M on a Sunday. That really kind of kicked off this, coaching hot seat season in earnest uh, there's some other stuff going on too with Andy Avalos being fired by Boise State Penn State gets rid of their offensive coordinator uh, San Diego State Brady Hoke set to retire at the end of the season and what I want to talk about in regard to this there's a million things to talk about with the AM thing but for this show I want to talk about how this impacts things from a gambling perspective, because you're going to hear a lot of people make proclamations, whether it's, oh, they're going to be inspired uh, by this change. You know, an interim coach comes in it provides a little bit of a bump. Uh, it provides some motivation, or you'll hear people say they have nothing left to play for. Uh, they're going to be, you know, down with their coach leaving, nothing left to play for, uh, thinking about the transfer portal, where they're going to go next, et cetera. The bottom line is you don't know how a team is going to respond when a coach gets fired, when a coach leaves, whatever the case may be. You do not know. You can try to predict it, but we're dealing with uncertainty here. We're dealing with human emotions. And I think when you're gambling, that's something you want to take out of the equation. So I'm not going to try to forecast and predict what's going to happen, what the emotions of the Texas A&M team are going to be with Jimbo Fisher Uh, getting fired. That's not something I'm super interested in doing. So for me, it's kind of a stay away from those teams. I got burned by it a little bit when Arkansas fired their offensive coordinator a couple weeks ago. Uh, I said they had to prove it to me that they could do anything offensively and you know what they did they, and they, uh, they beat and covered against Florida. So uh, I got burned there a little bit. So with these coaching changes, I'm going to try to to just stay away from them and take out some of the, I don't want that uncertainty. Uncertainty is not something you want when it comes to gambling. So those are my big picture thoughts on a Monday, a Monday after week 11. I will be back later this week to preview week 12 in college football. Wow. We are almost there just a couple weeks left in the regular season. So let's make it count. We also got a lot of hoops going on the champions classic tomorrow night. Always a big event. So stay tuned to my Twitter account at Gorgon Sports. I'll put out some picks there tomorrow with how I'm gonna bet the Champions Classic and then uh do some reaction to the Champions Classic when we preview week 12 as well. That's our show for today. Until next time, keep the grill hot and the cooler cold.